Hello, my name is Kelly Kelly. Welcome to the NICU Now audio support series. I am a NICU parent to Jackson, a micro preemie born at 24 weeks, and Lauren, a late-term preemie born at 34 weeks. I am also the founder and executive director of Hand to Hold, a national nonprofit dedicated to providing education, resources, and peer-to-peer support to families that have experienced premature birth, the loss of a baby, or have a child with a special health care need. Hand to Hold's NICU Now audio support series was developed to help NICU parents navigate their NICU journey. The Academy of Pediatrics recommends all infants receive an exclusive human milk diet for the first six months of life. This recommendation applies to all babies, but especially to those born premature. No matter how long or short your pregnancy, your body will prepare to breastfeed. However, in some cases, a mother's milk production may just not be possible. Delivery complications, health issues, stress from premature labor, and other factors may limit or prohibit milk production. In cases like these, other sources of milk must be explored. A factor to keep in mind is that for premature babies born less than 2 pounds 12 ounces, an exclusive human milk diet is paramount to their success and healthy outcome. A human milk diet can help foster growth and potentially reduce the risk for many challenges faced by premature babies and may even lower the length of their NICU stay. Here to discuss this with us today is Deb DeCenza. Deb is the mother to Becky, a 30-weeker, now almost 15 years old. Deb was the founder of Preemie Magazine, The Inspire Community, and Preemie World, and is the co-author of the Preemie Parents Survival Guide to the NICU, available with other resources at preemieworld.com. Deb is a founding member of the Preemie Parent Alliance and the National Coalition for Infant Health. Hi, Deb. Thank you so much for joining us for the NICU Now podcast. I am just delighted to have you as a a speaker and a guest today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, I've had the pleasure of knowing you for quite some time now. Uh, We were talking earlier how, you know, we've just grown up with our preemies, uh, watching them grow. And I know your preemie is about to enter high school. Mine is starting to apply for college. And you and I, um, really for the past decade, uh, have um, gotten to know each other and been advocates for other NICU families, and I am just such a fan. You were in this Aww. space well, be- well before I entered it, and had just entered, uh, you know, just welcomed me into the NICU community, and has embraced and helped support and promote hand to hold. So, uh, definitely love you for that. And I'm just so thrilled to have you here to talk about uh, human milk and human milk fortifier and, you know, why this is such an important issue for us to be talking about and why you have invested so much of your time and effort um, in the past few years advocating on behalf of NICU babies for an exclusive human milk diet. But let's start just tell the audience a little bit about, you know, how what brought you into this this NICU community and a little bit about your first pregnancy and, and your NICU experience. Sure. So um, I, Becky was my only pregnancy, but um, she, so it was 15 years ago, 2003, 
um, Becky showed up at 30 weeks, um, unexpected, and uh, we were in the NICU for 38 days. And she came home on medical equipment, had feeding issues, and a whole host of other things. And I found myself completely impotent in the NICU, as many parents do, and staring at this tiny infant and going, what can I do? How can I be a mother? How can I be connected to her? All the questions that you asked about Jackson and your daughter, I asked about Becky. I, I had no clue. I really was just terrified of touching her. And, but one of the things that was interesting was that I found myself immediately staring at the pump, the breast pump in my room, in my postpartum room, and thinking, I need to start pumping. And it wasn't like some magical thing like, you know, like the, the skies opened up and there was sunlight and everything and you should pump now. It was really one of those scenarios of um, I said I was going to try and, oh, I should probably try pumping because I think my milk's going to come in soon. I think I read something about that. So my husband, very funny, he actually turned on, put, we put everything on, not knowing what we were doing. It was very comical. And he, he turned on the pump and turned it on too hard. And you know what that's like when they put on too high. Ow! Unfortunately, I do remember that. Yeah. So, so I pumped away. And so as I pumped away, I ended up um, producing a little bit of colostrum, as it turned out. Had no clue. Said, go take this to the nurse and see if we should keep it or throw it away. And he came running back a few minutes later and said, they're rushing it down to the NICU. She called it liquid gold. I was very excited. I was like, okay, good. I don't know what that means, but that sounds good. So I kept pumping. They got me set up with a lactation consultant and got everything corrected. And I was pumping, 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 thinking I was doing a great thing. Fast forward at one point in the NICU, say I had two nurses bully me and say, why aren't you breastfeeding her? And I thought, well, she I tried. It didn't work. Nobody's, you know, I've tried a couple times. It didn't work. And then he just bullied me, bullied me. I felt like, like two inches tall after that. Um, I was horrified. And I ended up having to have that nurse taken off the care of my daughter because I was so angry. I felt like they were, they were bullying me. And I felt, you know, I have rights here. I have, I have the ability. This is my child. I have to be an advocate for my child, but I have to be an advocate for myself as well. And that really stuck with me. And years oh, later, it's such a good point, yeah, Deb. I yeah. had I had a very similar experience, and yeah. and it's sad it's sad to say that we were bullied, but it does mm-hmm. feel that way. And I know that is not their intention. Exactly. Or you know they want what's best for the baby, and they're trying to encourage you, but sometimes that encouragement can can seem. Um, as if we are we're being reprimanded in some way or and it can be more discouraging than uplifting so i've been there and actually was put in the situation where you know my lactation consultant was really pushing for me to breastfeed and my neonatologist was saying the baby is too unstable the baby does not need to be held right now and you know so it put me in a very difficult situation of which one am I listening to? What, who is right. correct? And, and we it's never conflicting. want that for the parent, yeah. right? And, yeah, yeah and it shouldn't so be conflicting. I, yeah. I know. So I really understand and hear and, and uh, can under, uh, really understand what you're saying of how that felt in that moment of, right. you know, I, of course I want to breastfeed, but it, it didn't go well and she's not ready and, I, and I'm trying to make the best decision for my daughter. Right. 
I totally agree. So, yes, exactly. And I, I got to the point where um, that was how I ended up starting Premium Magazine way back then was because I felt like parents needed better information that the general parenting magazines really couldn't address those types of things. And that's very much what Premium World does as well. So it's, that's how I got started. And um, it's been a real journey of learning how much has changed in the NICU environment, as you probably have noticed, and how much hasn't changed in the NICU environment. So we definitely, I mean, what you're doing with the podcast, it's phenomenal because, you know, you're really helping to educate parents and professionals, which is huge because it's still needed. There's, there's a lot to do, a lot. So upon, you know, being almost bullied, you said, by the nurses, you've made the decision now, you know, that, you know, you're going to continue to pump your, the breastfeeding is not quite working. So where would you go from there? So from there, I ended up bringing Becky home, and I kept pumping, and I ended up pumping for about three months and decided enough. I, I was, it was very exhausting to pump, as you know, and um, it's very emotional. And it got to the point where I couldn't, I couldn't be a mother to my child, and I felt like we were past the danger point. And so um, I felt enough was enough. I needed to do that. The problem was that they, they had also fortified her the breast milk with preemie formula for Becky in the NICU. And like you, I didn't know about that until one day I walked in and they said, oh, you're going to feed your baby. Here you go. And handed me a bottle and it had preemie formula in it with my breast milk. And that's how I found out that there was fortifier in there that was bovine-based. And at the time, I really didn't understand what that meant. Now I look back and go, wow it would have been really nice to be able to speak up and say, I want my child on an exclusive human milk diet or, you know, exclusive breast milk. Whatever, however you want to determine it back then, now it's human milk. But it would have been really nice to be able to say that and be empowered to be able to advocate for my daughter and for myself and say, no, this is what we want for our child, period. Right. And I think, you know, we want everyone to know that, you know, the, Research is really around the the very low birth rate babies, the you know two pounds, twelve ounces, and under. There, that's where the research is, and we're show, showing that there's a lot of improvements, uh, less challenges, less incidence of neck um, for babies um, when they're on that exclusive human milk diet. But that really pertains to those lower birth rate babies, um, and you know. I was a formula-fed baby. There is a place for formula in our society. Uh, a lot of families that, you know, make that decision, and we certainly support parents, and we just want them to have as much information and knowledge in their decision-making uh, as exactly. possible. And I think, you know, what you said is true. Just, you know, it would have been nice just to have been informed why did your breast milk need to be fortified? Because I think in the beginning what I – I just felt like I was doing something wrong. Like, what's wrong with my right. breast milk? Like, am I not, you know, am, am I not eating enough? Is the, You know, so it's just another place of potentially feeling like you've failed as a NICU mom. You know, exactly. Breast, exactly. You know, okay, uh, 
you you find every opportunity to feel guilty as a NICU mother. So <laughs> it is either, you know, so now I've, I've birthed you prematurely and now I, I either can't produce enough milk or my milk doesn't have enough calories. And, you know, we're just here to reassure you that that is even the best breast milk uh, cannot meet the 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 needs and the nutritional needs of our micropremies who uh, just right. need to have so much calcium and uh, uh, other nutrients in order to uh, have that accelerated growth for their brain and their bones. So Very anyway, true. we just always think it's so important to, you know, give all the facts, but, you know, for families to just be informed and educated about and help them, allow them to be part of that decision-making process or just to be told why, uh, why it's important and what different risk factors are. You know, I think even for us to even know what are the signs of neck, because we've talked about before in so many families, it is the parent who identifies those first symptoms. They do. It's just not quite they right. They do. So we yeah. want parents to, to be educated about what to look for. Because even in an exclusive human milk-fed baby, um, they still have something, I, th- I want to say this statistic is around 23% of those babies, even on exclusive human milk, uh, can also develop neck or have, you know, so we... We want to say even when we do everything right, just like with our pregnancies, we've done everything we were supposed to do, we still went into preterm labor. So we've done everything we can possibly do to meet the nutrition of our baby, but yet they still develop neck or have other other challenges. So even with our best efforts. So a lot of it goes around education, and I know that's what you've really, really been focused on. So, talk to me a little bit about the the premium magazine as it as it began. That's kind of what you were doing. You were just trying to provide as much information uh, and education. And how were you getting the premium magazine out? What tell us a little oh, bit the about premium the magazine? Premium magazine um, started in two thousand and four, um, and we distributed nationwide to NICU. Uh, we had a partnership with the March of Dimes nationally, and we distributed through them as well um, and through other groups um, across the United States. We had some subscribers that were international. Um, really, for us, um, the publication, the whole goal of it was to inform and educate, but at the same time to celebrate the babies because I felt like it was this like discussion in the mainstream parenting magazines of, oh, we're going to have this one little article each quarter, you know, once every three months, we're going to talk about this preemie or this preemie issue. And it made it seem like we were not a big deal. We were not worthy of having general mainstream magazine attention. And I thought, well, no, I'm going to celebrate these babies. I'm going to put a baby who has, who was born prematurely on the front cover of the magazine. And I'm going to take a child who has special needs and put them on the front cover of the magazine because they deserve just as much attention as every other child. And so I really wanted to celebrate. And the, the parents really love that. And I think, you know, I know Hand to Hold does many things to help celebrate babies. And, you know, in our community, we do that across the different groups. And I think that's what's so special. We are celebrating these babies. And I think for me, that's, I carry that through everything I do at Premium World as well. Um, and I just I think it's so important. We have to uplift people a lot while we're educating them. 
So that's what I do in my newsletters now with Premium World, and that's what I did with a special edition as well. Well, talk to us about special edition because that was my next question. So tell sure. us a little bit about that publication. So that is our Premium Family newsletter. Um, we did a special edition surrounding exclusive human milk awareness. And the whole idea was to talk about resources that parents could use to research this topic because I was not going to tell them what to do. I wanted them to make their own decisions. The whole point of this whole publication was to provide them with resources and tools, um, some questions to ask the doctors, um, and go through this with them so that they could partner with their doctor and make a reasonable choice and make one that everybody agreed upon. And it wasn't just a you know, this is what we're doing for your child. Well, I think the feeding side of things is very personal for us parents. Nutrition is something we, we were planning from day one of the pregnancy that we knew about it, um, that we, what we wanted our child to have. We were thinking about, is it breast milk? Is it going to be formula later on? How are we going to do the first foods? Everything. It's very, very personal. And so I wanted to give parents the tools to make their own decisions with their doctors but I wanted them armed with the right information. And so the idea with the, with the special edition was to provide them with a variety of things, not just about the exclusive human milk diet, but I, information surrounding it, um, information from people, interviews with like Mitch Goldstein, um, who you all are interviewing, and um, information on a NICU parent app from Peekaboo ICU. We have an infographic from the National Coalition for Infant Health. There's all sorts of information in there for them to get a variety of sources come together and then be able to ask some really pertinent questions. And in there, we also talk about a mom who gave back, who actually donated breast milk, um, extra breast milk that she had to a donor milk bank. And I think that's an important thing to talk about as well. So, I mean, Absolutely. parents are pumping. Deb, we will be sure and link to the special edition on human milk uh, from the podcast website. So if everyone is interested in reading that, um, that newsletter, all they'll have to do is go to handlefold.org and go to the podcast page and uh, find this discussion, and we'll link to it there. Um, Thank you. So yeah, absolutely. We definitely, there's so much good information there, and I just love the infographics and all that you've done. You presented it Thank in you. such an a easy way to digest and to understand. So you and 14 other organizations, including Hand to Hold. Yes, have, thank you. Uh, yes, uh, we <laughs> have a petition. It's a petition advocating for NICUs across the country to educate parents about their nutritional options and provide a consent form for the parent's choice. So can you tell us a little bit about this petition? How will it work and what, what are you hoping to accomplish and how can parents sign it if they so choose? Sure, absolutely. Thank you. Well, for me, the idea is that what it comes down to, again, is that parents need to understand what their choices are, and they're not being told that in the NICU. You weren't told it. I wasn't told it. Well, unfortunately, there are a lot of NICUs across the United States that don't discuss these types of things, and so, and even around the world. So that's really just, it's done and not discussed. And I think that if we had a form in place where the parents sign off on it, 
then the parents will actually start to ask questions and have a conversation with the professional about it. I think of it, I liken it more to like when you go to the pediatrician's office or even in the NICU when you have to sign off on your child's first immunization, as we had to in, in the NICU and in the pediatrician's office, definitely this is the same scenario. If you have to sign off on something, then you should be signing off on the nutrition aspect too because you get to take that baby home. You are responsible for that child. Even in the NICU, you're responsible for that child. So you should be fully aware of everything that's being done for that child, not just major organ systems and medications and things like that. You should know what nutrition is going into your baby. And so whether it's coming from you or for somebody else or in another format, whatever the case may be, you should know what they are. But the hospital should provide a basic template form. These are the options. And then to go over them with the parent and have the parent sign off on what the option is that they've selected. I think it'll spur a conversation. I absolutely do too. And I wonder, can parents continue to sign this petition? Yes, they can. It is at creamyworld.com forward slash NEC, as in N-E-C, dash petition. So again, preemieworld.com forward slash NEC, N-E-C, dash petition. Fantastic. Well, we will also include the link to the petition there so parents Thank can you. Uh, use their voice to advocate for their baby as well as other NICU babies. So uh, I know you just have a plethora of resources for other families. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the other resources that you have available that you want parents to be aware of? Oh, wow. Um, for Premier World? So I guess Premier World, um, I am the co-author to the Premier Parent Survival Guide to the NICU. And um, we also have, in addition to the Premier Family Newsletters that we put out monthly, we also put out one for the professionals called Premier Pro. And beyond that, um, I run the Inspire Preemie Community, which I love to talk about hand-to-hold items, and I can't wait to get this podcast out to them. Um, we have like 46, almost 46,000 um, families on there worldwide um, at this point. It's really grown. So, um, yeah, we're, That's we're busy. That's amazing, Deb. Isn't it? That's, yeah. That's a huge community of like-minded parents sharing information and encouraging and supporting one another. So that yeah. is wonderful. Yeah, and then other than that, you and I are both um, happy um, long-term and founding members of the Premier Parent Alliance. I cannot speak more highly enough about that um, and what they're doing. Right. So that's and a resource we, that, yeah. Yes, absolutely. So the Premier Parent Alliance is a, a professional organization made up of nonprofit organizations from across the country. Deb and I are both founding members along with Cura Sorrels, um, and we have worked very hard to um, develop education resources and uh, advocacy opportunities on behalf of NICU babies. So very right. proud to be a part of that organization, and there are 
Sarah. Mm-hmm. We'll link to their website as well because there are resources there, including the Bill of Rights. We actually yeah. uh, came together a couple of years ago and you know what wanted to know what are the rights of the preemie baby during their NICU stay. And so we'll link to that Bill of Rights as well as we put a lot of work and effort into it. And it always warms my heart when I'm walking through a NICU and I see that Bill of Rights displayed uh, on the bulletin boards um, because we want I think it's great. Yeah. And that was actually actually your idea. I remember it. I remember being on the phone call and we were talking about it. Well, I think it's all of our efforts. I'm not going to take credit for that, but I I was happy to be a part of it and to give a voice to the babe, the Nikki baby, and yeah. their right, uh, their rights, and what we need to honor for them uh, during their Nikki stay and once they go home to ensure mm-hmm. their best outcome, but also the best outcome for the entire family. And that's what we're all about. Um, I know Deb, you're a big proponent of peer-to-peer support and yep. support networks and uh, your work through Inspire to bring parents together to support one another. And so we just want all parents to know that there are resources and information available for you uh, to really seek out um, Hand to Hold, Premie World, uh, the Premie Parent Alliance, and mm-hmm. all the other members of uh, the Premie Parent Alliance to you know, access credible information. That was really right. important to both us and other members of the Premium Parent Alliance because there's a lot of information out there, but we want you to have the most updated, credible information, and we want to support you in advocating for your baby. I have to say, Deborah, I didn't see myself as an advocate back then. I mean, I no. I, I, rarely spoke up on my own behalf. I right. In my, you know, my 20s, right. you know, I just really had never had to be in a, a position where I really had to advocate for myself. And I suddenly found myself in a very traumatic situation and um, being asked to advocate for my baby. And I feel like my husband felt much more confident in that role than I did. And, you know, I think that is important. We want our dads to have a role and, um, you know, be active in advocating. But uh, something that you and I have both learned is um, how to advocate and uh, being able to advocate um, professionally and with the right tone and the right research and information and at the right time. There's a lot that goes into effective advocacy when we're not doing it out of of anger or, uh, you know, just knee-jerk reactions without all of our information in place. So we are really working to train NICU parents to be effective advocates for their children. And uh, right. you set a very high standard for that, Deb, and I just – uh, Well, you, you, you have made big things happen on a oh. national level. So we just appreciate all you do advocating for uh, NICU babies and their families. Um, in closing, is there anything else that you want families to know about um, advocating for the best nutrition for their babies? You know, you know your child best, and it is your job to partner with the professionals. You are part of the NICU team. So know, let them know that. Let them know that you want to talk about nutrition and you want to know what's being said to your baby. So it is your right. And you should be asking not only the neonatologist, the NICU nurse, but also the nutritionist, um, and even the feeding specialist, if there's one involved. 
So definitely do that, and I think you'll see a positive outcome. I agree, and I'll just add to that that you can ask and ask again. Oftentimes I had to ask multiple times for the same information for me to be able to process it and understand it, and uh, it just takes a while to get your sea legs in the NICU. You're processing lots of information, and so just never be intimidated to ask, ask questions and continue to ask and repeat. If you don't feel like you're getting the right answers, ask other NICU professionals in your unit and continue to ask until you get your questions answered. Well, Deb, thank you so much for your time today and our best wishes and continued blessings for Becky as she enters high school. And thank we you. just thank you for all you continue to do. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you so much, You Deb. too. Bye. Bye-bye. In order for NICU babies to thrive after discharge, they need smart, informed parents who understand their needs and are emotionally and physically capable of caring for a medically fragile child. Peer-to-peer support is an effective tool for helping parents navigate their NICU stay. Support from a caring and informed NICU graduate parent helps a new family feel more capable, confident, and ready to face the journey ahead. To request support, volunteer, or donate, please visit our website at handtohold.org. This episode of Hand to Hold's NICU Now podcast is sponsored by Prolacta Bioscience, the pioneer in providing 100% donor milk-based nutrition for premature infants in the NICU. Only Prolacta offers a human milk fortifier made exclusively from 100% donor milk. For more information, visit prolacta.com.